100% business. Helping you stand apart from your competition and explode the growth of your business. You're about to discover the latest online strategies, tools, and advice to succeed online. Succeed online. This is Super Savvy Business with expert online marketer Fiona Lewis. Hi there, this is Fiona Lewis from Super Savvy Business. In this week's episode of our podcast, we're going to be talking about the key elements of web design and web design best practice. I've been in the digital marketing space now since 2008, and I see people making the same mistakes over and over again when it comes to designing their website. So today I've brought on the call with me Dan Proctor from Simply, and Dan is one of those fantastic experts when it comes to websites and web design. Dan Proctor is the CEO of Simply, which was founded in 2002. Now, you might think that people in the web design industry are all self-confessed techies, but Dan's the first one to put his hand up and confess that he's a non-techie. However, he has a simple, common sense and conversion-focused approach towards building a successful website and a total web strategy. So first of all, I'd like to welcome you to the call, Dan. Thanks, Fiona. It's great to be here. Now, Dan, as I mentioned in our introduction, we're going to be talking today about best practice for web design uh, because we were chatting the other day and uh, commenting about how often we see things go wrong with people who spend a lot of money on websites. However, these websites are simply not set up to give the customer return on investment. Absolutely. Yeah, look, there's, there's, a, there's definitely a right way and a wrong way to go online. And um, the first thing I'd like to say is that um, going online is a process. It's definitely not set and forget. And in, in our business, the process starts with understanding your user. So, um, you know, five years ago, we used to put our websites up and it was, you know, it was talking about us. It was really going on about how good we are and what we can do as a company where no one really cares. I'm sorry, no one cares until later when someone gets to the, to the site, they need a problem solved. So. The first step is researching your users and understanding uh, them really deeply before you go anywhere near design. That's totally true. And, you know, the web design industry has changed a lot over the years and many web design companies are still stuck in the old ways of, you know, getting templates and modifying those just slightly without really thinking of this website being a business tool. Absolutely. Yeah, so many, many web designers start designing uh, with what they like or, or what the client likes in mind rather than, again, what the, what the users need and the questions they need answered. Um, so in, in, our, in our business, in our business model, that's, that's step one. So it's understanding the users. And then before we, we, we test, uh, before we even design, we test those um, those, those theories, those hypotheses about uh, a treatment for the design that would work. And, um, and once we've we tested those, then we design. Um, so in, in the old way of doing web design, we would, uh, we would uh, take a creative brief and come back with a couple of concepts and we'd choose one. Um, and it's gen generally that was a, a personal opinion, usually of the CEO of what he liked. And um, uh, lo and behold, often they didn't match what the users were looking for. So things have definitely changed. So there's quite a, a large amount of research involved before you even start putting graphic design down. Mm, absolutely. Um, you need to understand the user's fears, doubts and uncertainties about you as a company uh, and understand where they are in the buying cycle. 
Um, so if depending on where they are in the buy-in cycle information gathering stage or ready to buy, for example, there's, there's different call to actions for that user. Um, and you need to understand you know, the questions that they need answered. If you're not answering those questions, they're back to Google. So um, there's even psychology. A lot of UX people these days are psychology, uh, you know, have degrees in some kind of psychology degree, you know, understanding what motivates people and, um, to take action. Now, you just used a bit of jargon there for those of us who are listening <laughs> uh, who may not know what UX is. Would you just want to give them a quick explanation? Um, very quickly, U UX stands for user experience. So we, are, when someone comes to the site, we, people are at different uh, stages of their you know, buying journey. So we need to um, push them down the path of that journey, depending on where, where they're at. That's exactly right. And, and you use some other uh, terminologies there, which sort of ring bells in my head, because I'm, it's so nice to speak to someone else that's, it, that understands things from a web design point of view the way I do. And that is, you know, people aren't really interested about you as a company. What they're interested in is how can you help me? How can you solve my problems, my fears, my frustrations, whatever those things are? So it's that whole coming back to that concept of what's what's in it for me. Absolutely. As I said uh, earlier, no one cares about you yet. They, mm. re they really don't. They've got a they've got a problem and they need it solved. And if you can solve that quickly, you know, in the first couple of seconds through a value proposition and and um, building trust, that's I mean that's what you've got to do first of all. You've got to, they've got to understand your value proposition that you're solving a problem of theirs. Um, then they'll read on. So. Um, initially, you need to create a, a great first impression. Uh, your value proposition needs to stand out that you can solve a problem they have, and, and then they'll read on. If you don't do those things really quickly, um, then away they go, back to Google, off to the competition. And here's another classic mistake. Sometimes that value proposition is so far down the page because they've got big headers and pictures, and mm. so when someone arrives at the site, the critical information is actually below the fold, which means you'd have to scroll to see that so from a web design point of view it is how it's so important isn't it to have that right at the top so it's the first thing they see absolutely um, the way we think about it is from a usability expert um, years ago and he said when you think home page think of driving past the billboard at 80 k's an hour um, so you might have a big visual but you've certainly got a big attention grabbing headline and then um, you know some kind of call to action so your homepage, particularly above the fold, is is exactly that. You know, you need to grab someone's attention and then show them, okay, what can they do from here? And then it comes down to why should they do it? So building trust and credibility and, and those sorts of things. You just used another magic word that I love, and that is call to action. Oh, CTA. <laughs> <laughs> How many websites do you see out there that don't have any type of call to action? Most. Mm. Most, yeah, or or the, um, or the strongest one they have is call with a number. Yeah, yeah, call, yeah. Well, call to actions that they're a, they're a great great way to increase um, a great way to increase uh, conversions is through relevant call to actions. So, if I'm on a particular service page, don't give the same call to action as I would for say, you know, web design versus graphic design. You know, the the different things and they need different uh, different call to actions and. Um, so make them specific to the page and um, tell, tell them what's going to happen when they take the action. So give them some security that, um, you know, for example, it's going to be a no obligation, comfortable process. We'll be back to you in, you know, 
will respond in an hour or 24 hours. So tell them what's going to happen mm. when they take that action. Give them that certainty. Mm. So in this new way of doing things, you, we've talked about researching and, you know, coming up with the UX design. What what happens, you know, once you've done all of that? Um, so basically what you've got at that stage is, is a bunch of electronic sketches. And we then throw those sketches to testers to see if they understand, um, you know, A, things like the value proposition, um, B, solve the customer's um, uh, problems in terms of where they are up in their um, in their journey. Are they in the early in the buying cycle? Or are they ready to buy right now? And um, you just see if there's anything really jumping out that uh, causes confusion. And that's the key word right there, confusion. A confused buyer will leave. They won't ask a question, they'll just leave. So that's what we test before we get to, we even get to design. Design's the the pretty stuff, it's the first impressions, it's the brand, those sorts of things that are re really important, but um, comes after you know, answering the user's uh, questions. That's such a good strategy and, and it is completely different to what you know people have done in the past and what still a lot of companies are doing now. Mm, totally, totally. Mm. We're, we're, we're proud of it and it's definitely the way the, um, the industry is going or will go. So once you've tested that and you do come up with a design, I guess the next stage is to release that to make it go live or? Um, yeah, the next step is to come up with a design and then ideally if the, you know, the, the budget is there, we test it again. So just to make sure that, um, you know, through design we, we, we somehow haven't confused the user. Um, you know, maybe it was too busy, the, um, the call to action didn't stand out, whatever it is, but we can test it again. So there's, there's you know, plenty of design tools out there that, um, that automate that process and, and even just throwing it in front of a couple of the client's users is, is another really good way. If we can get access to them, we will. Fantastic. Mm. So the next stage after um, we're all on board that we're not confusing anyone in terms of our target audience um, and uh, we, we release. So we'll, we'll build the site and release to, release to the public. public. And generally, there'll be some traffic coming to the site, but and um, we get results. So the important thing now is that it's not set and forget. The first thing we do is start to monitor those results. So, um, you know, uh, are people taking the action we want them to, essentially? So for an e-commerce site, are they buying our products? Um, for a lead generation site, are they making an inquiry? Um, and if they're not, then we do a combination of looking at analytics and, and other testing tools that we've got out there to, to try and improve that. So it's, it sounds like it's, it's a lot more of a science than it used to be. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to say it's, uh, these days it's, it's science and, and, and maths before art. Art comes later. Mm. So once you've looked at your analytics and, you, I mean, everyone's heard about data, the power of data these days and it really comes into play now in web design. So we look at the data, we look at other testing tools that we've got and, and we make some some theories about why things are or aren't converting. Mm. And then, uh, then we'll set up a test to try and improve. Mm. The thing I love about this process is that it, it's not all about guesswork. And like you say, it's no longer about the opinion of, you know, the key stakeholder from the business thinking, well, this is what I want because it's my company or whatever, or this mm -hmm. is what we think our clients want. You're actually 
coming right back down to basing the decision-making process on, like you say, data. Mm. Yeah, that's right. I, I heard a, a uh, conversion expert speaking the other day um, and he, uh, he spoke about um, things being on brand. Well, these days, if, if anyone walks into the room with so much data available and says that's not on brand, they'll, they'll virtually be laughed out of the room because your users almost decide your brand these days. So what is the brand? Well, ask the users and, and that's coming from the data. And, and other testing tools that we've got, you know, you might do surveys and, and those sorts of things. So, yeah, interesting. It is really interesting. So as far as the key elements of, you know, once, I mean, let's take all this science out of it and mm. uh, think about, you know, when I get to the site, what are the key elements that make a really good website? Okay. Very simply, three key things, uh, great design, uh, great content, and make it easy to do business with you. Um, so great design is really important. So once you've understood the users, it still needs to look good. It can't. It can't. It needs to create a great first impression about your company. Like walking into a shop, a shop, a retail store. Um, you don't cut corners there. You try and make it look as uh, uh, appealing as possible. The same goes for your website. It's it's your shop front. So first impressions count. Um, online they count really quickly. They you know you've got. X amount of seconds to create a first impression, good or bad, and um, that's going to stick with you for a while. And if it's a bad first impression because you cut corners on design, for example, or the page is too busy, um, then back they go to Google. That's that's a potential client lost. Mm. I mean, one thing I, I really hate is when you know how sometimes you get to a website and it's just so busy, your eye doesn't know where to look and it's almost overwhelming or confusing because the design is just too cluttered or there's too many colours or fonts or whatever. So those kind of things I know for me are the sorts of things that are going to make me click away or it's too dense, heavy with text. Yes. All those sorts of things um, are going to make me hit the back button very quickly. <laughs> Absolutely. As we said before, clarity is is key. Um, if someone's confused, they're out of there and confusion can be caused by uh, both design and, and content. So, yeah, if they can't find, um, you know, the services they're looking for or, you know, trust uh, through testimonials or case studies because it's too cluttered and they just don't know where to look, then um, you've caused confusion. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So content then, and that's, this is, as you know, one of my babies, things that, one, one of the topics I love to talk about. Mm. What's your take on content as far as sites are concerned? Well, Designs first impressions, and that keeps them on the site for a very short amount of time. But content that really does the selling. That's where the psychology comes in of you know motivating people to take action. So um, there's two types of contents. There's sales content, you know, for your key service pages about us and and services and you know your value proposition on the homepage, and then there's the more educational style of content which you specialise in. Um, you know, in your, in your blog in particular. But um, if you don't get that content right up front, the first time they hit that site, um, you know, build trust and credibility, basically, um, then you may as well have not built the site. Mm. So just let's say you spend X amount of $1,000 on the site and you write the content yourself, well, you may as well keep that money in your pocket. Yeah, and... Uh, let's be honest, um, most business owners, um, you know, writing sales copy is not their forte. This is something that is very, very specialised 
And I mean, in my my opinion, I'm sure you'd agree, direct response copy is the way to go when it comes to your sales pages, or and especially your homepage. Um, and that's just, you know, it's all the types of elements that we've all spoke, already spoken about, where it should be customer focused, have clear call to action. Um, even in the formatting of the text, there's rules that we need to think about um, to to really grab people's attention as far as you know what you emphasise and how you use typography. All of those things, um, and that is so important. It really needs to be done by somebody that understands sales copywriting. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's a it's a real skill. It's a real skill, and it's a different skill to someone that writes training materials or um, you know designs infographics. And yeah, so this is this is uh, this is uh, conversion copy. Mm, yeah, mm. so real skill. So mm. yeah, and you're right. A lot of a lot of business owners try and do it themselves, and what happens is they end up um, banging on about themselves. And sorry, guys, no one cares. That's exactly right. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they will once they've done business with you, but That's you've right. got to get them to that point first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, and then just quickly on to make it easy to do business with you. Some low-hanging fruit that's still amazingly out there, um, you know, not having a responsive or mobile site. Um, desktop traffic's going to be passed by um, mobile traffic this year mm. if it's not already um, in terms of the amount of people that view your site or, you know, in general sites on a mobile. So if you're not mobile friendly, then you're losing visitors. I mean... Um, so that's that's low low hanging fruit right there. Mm, and I know that Google now, if your desktop website is not uh, optimized for mobile, that will actually even affect your rankings on desktop. Exactly. You know, it is. So it's really important that you provide a good user experience on a mobile, t you know, device. Totally, totally. Yeah, it's um, you can actually calculate if you are this way inclined, um, if you improved your mobile viewers, um. Uh, experience what that would mean for you in terms of a dollar return so say on desktop you're converting at um, you know, 10% or 5% for example and on mobile you're converting at, on 1% if you improve that mobile and took that up to say 5% that would that would mean X amount of dollars return for you mm. so you can actually calculate the return on upgrading your mobile website and that's 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 exactly how we make design decisions. Mm. I've, I've just got a little bit of a, a story to share. Um, many of my clients use f Facebook advertising. And we're at the point now where we'll always test it first just to make sure that it, it's right for that particular business. So we'll test um, Facebook advertising and we'll display the ad on mobiles and on the desktop version of Facebook. And these are ads that will click through to the website. Mm -hmm. In all of my clients, they, we always end up turning off the desktop because we're not getting enough conversions and not enough clicks and we advertise only through mobile. Oh. So a lot of their traffic through their paid advertising in Facebook is coming to their website on a mobile device via Facebook. So imagine if you had a, an ad on Facebook and you were getting really good conversions and then when they clicked on it, they were coming through to a site that wasn't well optimised for mobile devices, then you're paying all this money for advertising, you'd be losing people. Exactly. Yeah. But bow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. So, I mean, don't just think about, um, you know, how you might be getting traffic through people searching, you know, on browsers through mobiles. It's also if you're doing paid advertising, you're more likely to get a lot of click-throughs from your paid advertising through to your mobile site. 
Yep, absolutely. And the other thing you can look at is the time that your um, your uh, users are, are viewing your ads because uh, if it's after five o'clock, then generally they're sitting on the couch or on the bus with their their mobiles or their tablets, and desktop is going to be you know in many cases more prevalent. Uh, during working hours. Mm. Mm. Or if you're a woman, it's the first thing you do when you wake up and pick <laughs> up your phone and check your Facebook. <laughs> it, it is in my house, that's for sure. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think a lot of statistics are showing that that's between um, 6 to 8 a.m. in the morning is a high traffic period for females <laughs> on Facebook. So um, it's a good time to uh, release um, posts. <laughs> okay, so we've covered design, content, making it easy to do business. Uh, anything else in your key elements? Yeah, look, just quickly on making it to, easy to do business. Um, it's it's not, uh, I mean, people that don't have web forms on their site, for example, that's just crazy. I mean, people browse at night, so give them the ability to talk to you. Uh, at night um, and uh, you know things like that and having your call to actions clear to find that's making it easy to do business with you um, uh, even designers you know getting the design right and uncluttered make it easy to do business with you so um, they're, they're the key things excellent I guess I guess the main message here is that um, it's about educating business owners that your website is not a brochure. It's not an online brochure in the majority of cases. Mm. Um, it should be a, a profit generating tool, something that's going to give you a return on investment. Um, because if you're going to spend money on a website, you, it's important for that website to then return that investment and make you money. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. We think of uh, websites as, as profit centers now they're, they're, as, a, as a mini business. Um, they've got incomings and they've got outgoings every year, every single year they have this. And you you can calculate, you know, through, you know, different tools how much traffic you're going to get, what kind of conversion rate you can expect if you if you had a good design versus a, a cheap, cheap design, for example. And you, you can see um, that uh, you're going to get a return on investment if you follow a particular formula. So what a lot of people try to do is save money up front. So they look at, they're still looking at it as a brochure, not a business. And saving that money up front, all it does is save money up front. It doesn't build the profit in, you know, profit in future months and particularly in future years. Um, we've got simple return on investment calculators. I'm, I'm sure you've got them too, where you, you can plug in the numbers and see if I if I do it do it this way with a you know template site, for example, or if I did it properly and I understand my users, what would that mean in dollar value? You know, how much do I have to invest year on year, and what's what's the bottom line? What's the net profit? So. Yeah, it, it's it's a business case. Mm. It, re days. it really is about changing the mindset, I guess, because um, while some people might think, okay, I, I just want to spend, you know, a couple of thousand dollars on my site, I don't want to spend a whole lot of money up front, um, versus the idea of putting that, you know, bigger investment in at the beginning, mm. but then being able to reap the rewards because you've done that. Yeah, look, it's not to say you don't do your due diligence, with the design company and you certainly you know, speak to someone like you to say, you know, what's the opportunity out there in the market? How much is that going to cost me? What kind of conversion rate can I expect? And and then you, you can do your, your back of the envelope calculations to say, well, it's going to be worthwhile investing that sort of money. That's exactly right. Um, because, you know, by cutting corners at the beginning, 
there's a higher probability that that's not going to end up getting you. Mm. Cut corners at the beginning, mm. your conversion rate's lower generally mm. or slower to increase that conversion rate. So um, low conversion rate, um, even with traffic, still means uh, low dollars. So, mm. yeah, throwing traffic at a low converting site is not the answer. Mm. The answer is get the site right first, get the conversion rates right, and then throw some traffic at it or increase traffic. And that traffic, you know, is, is social, it's uh, email, it's print, it's SEO, it's AdWords, wherever it may be. Mm. In fact, you just almost taken the words out of my mouth then because I was, I was just going to mention that um, in the next podcast, uh, I think it's it's good to sort of leap, leverage off this conversation and talk about the other side of what's going to make the site convert as far as all the optimization that when it's important to do on a website from an SEO point of view. Um to make sure technically the site is right for search engines, but then also what you, the sort of activities you can do to then drive traffic and leads to the site so that when they get there, all this work you've put into the design and you know the user experience and the copywriting, all of that is then going to convert. Absolutely, I'll tune in. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dan. It's been fantastic to talk to you about uh, web design and, and where best practice is lying these days. Um, if anyone would like to get in touch with you, Dan, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, simply go to the site, www.simply.com.au or give us a call on 8565 All right. When you do, just let them know that you listen to this podcast and uh, I'm sure you'll get the royal treatment. Yeah, we'll add 10%. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, thanks very much. This has been Super Savvy Business with Fiona Lewis. Take the fast track to your success online. To find out how, visit supersavvybusiness.com now.